and welcome to the Soccer Coach Weekly podcast with me, Steph Fairburn. Thank you for joining us as we get insights and ideas from coaches working across the game to help you develop into the coach you want to be. Now, match days are a key part of the week for many coaches. They can be exciting and stressful all at once. Often, though, for players, those emotions are amplified. It's the role of the coach, therefore, to make sure that the players get the best match day experience possible. This episode, I'm joined by Sarah Loudon, a UEFA A licensed coach and regional coach development officer at the English FA. Sarah talks to me about the match day experience, how we go about planning for it, managing it, and making sure that all of our players enjoy it. But first, she gives me a bit of an intro to who she is as a coach. I have a full-time job with the Football Association uh, as a coach developer, managing a region. So I look after uh, the Northwest for different bits and pieces. Um, yeah, I've been coaching for about 15 years in different capacities. So I've spent some time in grassroots, like, like most people. So learning my trade there. Spent some time in the boys' academy system, uh, both part-time and then full-time roles which was really enjoyable and of course spent some time in the girls and women kind of talent space performance space as well but got a real passion now getting quite um older now of actually helping other coaches and mentoring and supporting on the ground which is you know what I love to do as well so still a coach but mainly a coach developer we're going to talk about match day experience drawing on all of your experience but um I feel like I have to start with a question about the match day that happened a couple of days ago obviously England women <laughs> winning the Euros and I guess I just wanted to ask were you there what did you think of it what's your take on everything I did go to um I did go to some games obviously of, of the Euros as well but I, I unfortunately didn't make the, the the final one to Wembley but I must admit and again around this topic that what a genius we have for match days in terms of Serena because um, if you look at the different games and the different kind of tactical changes that she made and how she managed the squad, um, how she managed the different real kind of key moments in the games as well, which we'll get onto it, but requires an awful lot of planning, I would imagine. I think we learned some real lessons from that. And um, looking at her record from previous Euros and this Euros, she's not lost a game. So it's really super impressive. And I think... Um, yeah, I think more eyes are going to be on Serena now and digging into her philosophy and how she managed to do that because I think it's fantastic. But overall, the fact that we've won Euros and played the way that we did and performed to that level on a home crowd is just utterly inspiring, but just amazing. And um, hopefully it's going to set the bar for more girls and women to get involved because um, we want more. So, yeah, fantastic, fantastic Euros. Yeah, Serena's an absolute legend, I think. She is. She is. And yeah, you've just said it there. Obviously, match days require a lot of planning. There's a there's a lot going on. I suppose for you, what are what are the key elements that make up a match day? What are the key things that coaches need to think about? Yeah, and this is something that I've discussed with coaches when I've been delivering a, a workshop around this that, that we do as an FA uh, for grassroots coaches around. Actually, what do we use match day for? And it's really important to establish that. And I know that might sound like a very simple question, but we know it's what the players probably look forward to. And I say probably because based on their experience of their new to the football, match day can be really frightening. 
it can be a, a not a nice experience. Um, if they've been playing a long time and they actually live and breathe for the match day, it's their favourite part of their week. So I think we need to be really mindful as coaches of what we do, how we see match day, and of course, how we plan for it. Um, so appreciating that at grassroots level, might not always have the time to do it, but if we can plan ahead, little steps, or we can plan people that are going to help us manage that match day because we want the players to have the best experience possible, especially in grassroots and developmental football, then there's some little tips and tricks that I think we can we can use to do it. But it all comes from the planning and being really clear that actually what is your match day for? Because hopefully it's going to be a continuation from what you're working on in the week to the match day back into training. They're not two separate events where we're going to do something in training and then all of a sudden it's match day. My coach behaviours change, my expectations change, my uh, environment changes for the players and for the parents, for example. They can't be two separate events. They have to be linked to give some consistent behaviours. And also for you as the coach to just have a stress-free experience of it um, as much as possible because sometimes it can be. So when you talk about planning, I guess what sort of things are we planning? Because there's so many, I mean, I'm thinking things from like, it ranges from travel to actually what's going on mm -hmm. on the pitch and, and everything in between that. Like, what sort of things should we be thinking about? So what I would say to this is around um, understand what your club stands for. Um, and as I said, what that match day is for. So if I'm at a grassroots club where we believe in every player gets equal playing time, they get rotation of positions maybe from um, every two match days, for example, because we want, especially kids, we want them to experience different positions. We don't want to pigeonhole them into certain areas. Um, so things like that. So how do you actually manage giving them equal play time? How do you manage the parents on the sideline and what impact that might have? Because it does have quite a big impact. How do you manage your own behaviours? So, for example, is it all about winning? And therefore, my instruction and my behaviour on the sideline going to be about that and about performance? Or is it about, do you know what? I'm just going to let the kids get on with it. I've planned where they're going to go. I've planned when they're going to go on. And no matter whether we're 10-0 up or 10-0 down, it's going to stay the same. So it's about establishing those kind of rules with yourself and as a club and with the players and sharing that with them so that everybody has a clear understanding and expectation of how that works, especially in the grassroots space. So if you do believe in equal gain time and you, and you do believe in uh, equal opportunity and that kind of thing, then that has to be shared and you've got a plan for it. Um, even in performance, if we look at, say, if you're in, say, I don't know, let's say the women's tiers of, of football, where it's maybe more about performance, you can still plan really well for your match days around um, your plan A, your plan B, your plan, your plan C. Um, if you've got, one or more coaches with you what's everybody's job so that you as the lead coach for example you're not thinking that I've got to do this I've got to do warm-up I've got to manage this well actually can you set out some really clear roles as your staff or as your coaches um, and also as well I guess a key question for me would be around when you're observing the match and actually kickoff has started what are you looking for versus what are you looking at so they're two really different things so no matter whether you're in grassroots development of football and you work with individuals for example in development football if you're a talent space um, even if you're working on performance football then what you're looking at and what you're looking for are two very different things so again it's about how do we set these roles to help link into our week's worth of training and then hopefully longer term for the season can we expand a bit on that link between training and match day as well I suppose yeah. in terms of 
maybe topic that you're working on? How does that run through in terms of you reference coach behaviors? Are you kind of speaking a bit more in training and then taking a step back on match days? What are, what are some of the things we need to think about with linking those two? Yeah, and this is to help you as the coach in terms of to have be more efficient with your time, but also more importantly is for the players learning. So if we talk about youth age groups and let's say that we are working on playing forward, let's just say playing forward, think forward, play forward. Um, there's lots of elements to that if we consider the four corner model and we talk about individuals around how they do that. But as a wider team topic in terms of playing forward, if that is the topic and we deliver that on Tuesday, hopefully the things that you're going to look for on the match day are things that relate to that topic. So then that helps you give some really useful feedback to the players that you're working with around that topic. Because then how do they make sense from Tuesday night's training session in the rain for an hour to then we're playing on match day at 10 o'clock in the morning. It's an opposition that maybe we've not played against before. So I don't know too much about them. I don't know about the capabilities of the players on the other team. Um, and actually I want to practice some stuff as a player and I want to have really clear feedback and hopefully some learning to help me join the dots. And then even better if I can go from the Tuesday to the Sunday to then back to the Tuesday where we might do a similar topic, might be some slightly different learning activities, but then it helps me join the dots from week to week. And match day is a really important part of that. Whereas if you say you've done playing forward in training and then all you're looking at is how many goals you score and where you score them from on match day and that's all you give some feedback around, how's that going to make sense for the players and where they're at in their journey? And also what kind of message does that send to the player? So then if I've gone, okay, we did this in training, does that not matter anymore? Are you just looking at how good I am in 1v1 or how many times we give the ball away? So it's joining that dot. So it's like a learning journey and that's the best way that I can describe it. And then for you as a coach, you can observe what's happened on a match day, what you might need to still do and cover that they haven't picked up yet. And then that's, that's your session plan for Tuesday. So then you're not having to think about separate things all the time and it's just a continuation for the players, but for you as the coach as well. What about warm-up as well? Do you kind of advocate for consistent warm-up every match day or a warm-up that then links back to training? What do you think works best? I think sometimes, with especially with a group of children, you might want to stick to a very similar or the same warm-up all the time. Um, an example I would give is like if we go back to the one that I just gave around your Tuesday session, it might be like the small sided game that you finished the session on on Tuesday. That's your match day warm up. Got you. And team talk. Uh, I'm not going to lie. When I started coaching, it's actually daunting standing in front of a bunch of 13 year olds and get, trying to get them ready for the game and trying to give that that team talk. And I found that actually planning that helped that massively. What kind of messages should we be delivering in that team talk yeah so again it's all about the posh word for it is alignment but keeping things like I say consistent so maybe it might be one or two things um, it might be one thing that you've took from the Tuesday and then you put into match day around remember what we finished on remember the messages what they were remember what your role might be and just keep it really simple because I think I think that I would add in around the warm-ups is good for consistency and helping them maybe settle some nerves, for example, because it's routine and they know what they're doing. So sometimes they can just get on with it themselves and actually that helps them be more self-sufficient learners and they can just do it themselves and not rely on the coach, for example. Um, but also as well with your information is that if you remember playing, Steph, um, and depending on how confident you were or maybe what your mood was that day or maybe something that had happened in the, in the couple of weeks leading up to it, 
that has a really big impact on how much information you can actually take on in the match day. So sometimes you might not be able to consciously think about many things. You might just have to deal with the game in front of you. You might be facing a really, really tough opponent where um, you can't think about maybe something that the coach said on the sideline or maybe a challenge that you've been set, for example. It all depends on what happens on the match day. So sometimes they've got to think about themselves, the ball, the opposition, the parents shouting on the sideline. So because there's so much information that might run through a player's head, and this happens at all levels, and I'm going to include adult as well, um, sometimes it's not always, they can't always perform to that exact point. Sometimes they've just got to deal with different problems that the game throws at them. So my recommendation would be that for coaches, and again for themselves, is just keep it really simple and understand that you're not going to get everything in one week, one match day. It might take six, it might take 60. So, you know, just be patient. Um, try not to set your bar too high with the players. Be positive. Understand that, you know, some kids will arrive or some players will arrive super excited and they're on it and they're really confident and some will arrive complete opposite end of that scale. So the more simple you are with your information and concise, the better, because that's less things for them to worry about or have to have to think about. Um, and again, maybe you can give one player lots of information and they can handle it and they're fine. Maybe you need to give less to one another player so when it's talking about the group and like what you said in the warm-up environment and maybe you're setting them up team talk wise to go just keep it simple and then you can have those little kind of praise points and maybe some little bits of information on the side uh, with individuals but try not to overload them because there's a lot going on in a match day a lot it might be the weather you know it might be something really as simple as that that just you know throws them off so just be patient and understand that there's so much that goes on in your head and physically on a match day that you might not always get exactly what you, you expect as a coach. What about as well then when, when the match is being played and we've all seen, I think, coaches over-instructing, I guess if I can put it <laughs> that, that way. Um, and it's really easy to do. You can get carried away really easy. But what's probably the right level and tone of information that you want to be given when the match is going on yeah I think this really depends on your group and I think as like a bit of a golden rule and again this is maybe just my opinion and what I think's worked in the past is that um some players will tell you if they need it some players won't um some players will take it in some won't so learn about your players and what they want and what they need um so for example I know with one of the team I coach um, if there's a break in play one of the players will come and ask me, Sarah, anything to say? Anything you want me to, that I've not that I've missed? And she'll do that and that's fine. Whereas the other ones, they just want to come off, get a quick drink and they're not really bothered. Maybe they're in their own thoughts. So I think it's, it's trying to understand what they need um, in the match day. And then generically, again, like if we go back to grassroots, like generically, if we're constantly shouting instructions from the sideline, what happens when we're not there anymore or... What happens when they no longer get that information? How are they going to know how to solve problems if all they rely on is what the coach says? Because the whole point of the game is to help players solve problems, right, for themselves and have thinking skills. So if we're there, what we'd call PlayStation coaching and tell them every decision, like pass, run, shoot, move, then how are they ever going to learn to do it for themselves? Um, and our job on the match day isn't to do that. It's not to control the players. It's not to tell them what the what to do we want them to experience the match day enjoy it learn from it and hopefully come away going oh I learned this today actually or um so it's got to be a process and also as well just think about when you're trying to learn something new 
do you want somebody shouting something at you constantly? It's a simple question, isn't it? You know, if you think about a skill that you've tried to do or you're in an environment where lots of people are watching you and you might be relatively new and you've got information there, information there, information there, how are you going to make sense of that to actually get on with what you're meant to be doing? So I would say use it with caution, but know your players and what they need from you. And post-match as well, I suppose that's more about knowing your players, but, you know, you'll have some players come off delighted, some will be upset, <laughs> you'll have a variety. Um, I suppose, what does that post-match reflection or post-match talk kind of look like? Yeah, and again, so I think it would depend on what you actually wanted to get out of the match day. So again, if it was playing forward and you would look around that, hopefully the feedback is going to be around that. If there's something specific that you might need to pick up, like maybe somebody is upset, for example, or something's happened in the game, I think that's maybe one to address on an individual basis. And I think it's really important for you as the coach anyway to have those individual um, interactions with players. I think the more that you can actually do that, one, it shows that you value them and that you care about them, and two, it, it shows that you've noticed them. Uh, you've noticed something that they've maybe done in the game or it might even be that actually I know it's like you know you don't look usual self today is everything all right so I think that we need to um, especially as a coach we need to look at the whole picture so yes it's about football yes it's about the match day yes hopefully it's going to be about learning but I think the wider this is why we call it the match day experience is around well how do we support that individual person because not everybody's going to come to match days feeling 100% so I think we've got to take that care and role really, really, um, really important. It's really important for us as coaches as well to just make sure that you notice and make sure that you've got that individual interactions with them. Um, but as a group, again, keep it simple, summarise. Don't keep them there for that long. Um, whether you've lost one indifferent, whether you've been successful and maybe what you set out for the match day, just keep it simple, keep it concise and just make sure that you have those interactions with the individuals and they're going away with a smile on their face. And you've said the word parents quite a few times. <laughs> uh, obviously, they're there on, on match days. Um, and I know it's quite difficult for a lot of coaches to kind of m manage the parents in a sense. What do you think the coach's role is actually in, in speaking to parents and, and managing them on match days and how can we do that effectively? Yeah, and look, that you know, we do mention... Um, parents because they're such an important part of the process you know especially when we're talking about children um, they are probably the most important part of the process because it's them that drop them off it's them that bring them to training it's them that's going to have the conversation in the car or wherever however they get there on the way home or when they go sit down have their tea you know they're probably going to talk some part about the match day or about football so I think we have to really include them in the process so some of the best examples that I've saw at grassroots clubs and even in, in talent is that we engage the parents. So we talk to them about what we expect on a match day. We try and let them know about what we're doing on a match day. So it might be um, a quick little huddle on the side or wherever they're standing, 10 minutes before kickoff, say, right, guys, this is what we're going after today. This is the topic. Please be positive. That's it. And then throughout the season, if you can manage that, and I don't know, some clubs do it as like a parent meeting at the start of the season and set out kind of those rules that I talked about so if it is equal game time if it is rotating positions for example if it is around that everybody's got an equal chance those are the things that need to be established with the parents really early so one you get their buy-in and two they know the expectations and then ideally we share that with the players as well so everybody's involved um, and then I think that'll avoid kind of one the poor behavior if we do get it 
Um, two, it'll help you address things that if you do notice that it has happened, you go, well, this is what we set out and what we agreed at the start of the season, or this is what we do here, I think is a really good line. Like, this is what we do here, and this is what we don't do. So if it is poor behaviour or um, even from the opposition parents as well, which I know is a little bit more kind of difficult to manage, but you can have that conversation with the opposition coach as well, because especially when we're, we're dealing with kids, like it's one match day out of a thousand that they're probably going to have in their lives, hopefully, if not more. So just let them have the best experience possible. You know, they don't want people shouting at them. Um, they don't want people giving them instructions, telling them what to do, because actually they're working on something that they've worked on in the week. And it's about the team. So that's what I would say around parents. And I think um, I have been there myself in the early days where you go, oh, this is quite difficult, actually. Or I'm not sure. Or actually, I feel maybe uncomfortable to address it. But I think, again, planning ahead early in the season and really setting your stall out is going to be the best way to approach it. And if you don't feel comfortable doing it yourself, make sure you've got somebody else from the club there to do that. If you're a young coach, for example, um, just be confident to do it because you know that it's the right thing to do and it's going to benefit the players. That's great advice. I'm thinking when you're talking, there's obviously so much going on on match day and so many things that a coach has to manage. How can coaches try and... I guess be present because sometimes it goes by so quickly you don't you like forget to enjoy yourself which is actually part of what you're doing how can yeah have you got any tips for coaches on match day how they can behave or how they can make sure that they're they're all right trying to manage all of this stuff at once well you said it there there's so much to manage that I think it's really important if you can and I know some coaches are solo but if you can um, try and get other people involved. So if you're coaching a pair, if you're coaching a trio, um, give people different roles. So it might even be around setup or taking the players from A to B or, um, you know, managing the parents, for example, having that parent chat that I just spoke about. So you might give that job to someone. If you're a solo coach, let's talk about grassroots and it's just you on your own. Recruit some of the parents to go and help you. And actually that might be a better way to actually get the buy-in and say, look, Look for two keen volunteers, for example, say, do you mind just giving me a hand? And actually, you might actually start to then recruit some some more kind of long-term help as well. And actually, if it comes from there, it's really beneficial because then it's probably listen to the parents more so because they're in their shoes, if that makes sense. So if you can, I would say get other people to help you um, if possible. Um if you're on your own and you literally have no help, it's all about planning and being really meticulous in, in your planning around your timings and making sure that you're well organized. So you've got, you know, simple things like your kit, what time you're going to do stuff. Um, as I've got older, I've realized that I rely on my stopwatch so much and on my watch, which I know sounds really simple, but even things like just make sure you time your warm ups, like 10 minutes don't go over, for example. Um, team talks, time myself. I'm only going to talk for 30 seconds. That's it. Because actually it's really easy to kind of get lost in, in, in carry over time or speak too much or spend too long on something. So try and be really disciplined with yourself and stick to timings. Um, yeah. And I think it's just planning ahead and being organized as possible would be my um, top tips and get people to help you when you can. Well, look, final question. Cause I think, well, obviously in the UK, we're kind of in starting pre-season. There's, it's a good time, I think, for a lot of coaches to be listening to this and thinking about how they're going to address it next season. What's the one thing you would hope any coach listening to this takes away? My one thing would be just make sure that it's an enjoyable process for yourself. 
don't try and put too much pressure on yourself. Don't put too much pressure on the players and just keep it as simple as possible and plan, plan, plan whenever you get the opportunity to, to save yourself time, plan ahead for fixtures or plan ahead for the week and just make it as simple and stress-free as you can for yourselves. That was the voice of Sarah Loudon. Thanks to Sarah for her time and her insights. And thanks to you for listening to the Soccer Coach Weekly podcast. For more from us, join us again next time or visit soccercoachweekly.net for practice plans, advice, interviews and much more. I'm Seth Fairbairn. See you again soon.